you're listening to a message from Lifeway Church. For more information about our church and our ministries, please visit www.lifeway.church. Now, please enjoy this message from our pastor, Bruce Rhodes. This year, we're destroying this thing called selfishness. Wow. And we're going to start out 2019 with, with the goal, with the aim of not looking at ourselves, but looking at God and looking at others. You know, every time you look at God, He always points you to others. God is concerned about others. How concerned are we about others? I'm going to take a drink here because I was just worshiping and giving all that I had in worship. It's hard for me to hold back. It's always been hard for me to hold back because I'm not just a pastor. I'm a worshiper. And I was a worshiper before the Lord called me to pastor. So if you could excuse me for a minute. If you have uh, something to drink, you can take a drink too. Which reminds me, those that are connected through our online uh, apparatus, uh, streaming, whatever you want to call it, whatever it's called, Vimeo, Facebook, whatever, uh, take a drink of your coffee, join us, um, let us know. I, I just checked in there and uh, saw a bunch of people putting a bunch of comments down. So, you know, to, to acknowledge people that are not here in the room is something that is a little bit, it, it's by faith, right? There's a lesson in faith here because the Lord shows up and there's a lesson of faith for us at Lifeway Church too. The, the Lord manifests His presence in every church that is hung, hungry for Him, to seek Him all at the same time. So we're here at 2005 Hurricane Shoals Road, this physical location, but just down the road there's Hebron, just down the road there's the First United Methodist Church, just over here is Grace Baptist, just over here is uh, Christ the King Baptist. You guys have driven around seen these churches? Isn't it amazing that our God who is so interested in the lives of people, can manifest his presence in every one of these places all at the same time. Are you guys out there or are you gone home this morning? Are you awake? Are you excited? You've got to help me preach this message because I'm just really excited this morning. Now from the front to the back, I, I, I need a good amen. amen. This is interactive. This is not some show. We go, we, listen, the Lord wants to show his presence. And that means that, that, that there has to be some exchange going on. And so we're going to pray in just a moment to start this message. But I, I'm telling you, this, the words that he has prepared in my heart are always subject to change as the Holy Spirit wills. Because if his will is always higher than my will. And if I'll just follow him and say, Lord, not my will, but your will be done, everything comes out better at the end. Right? So that's why we're here, so that we can hear his, his word. I'm amazed. I still am amazed. Every time we get together, the Holy Spirit can speak to so many people and say so many different things all at the same time. At the end of the message, people come and say, well, you said this and the Holy Spirit this and I heard this. And I, I mean, it's so amazing. And I get so excited because of the dynamic working of God. It's not about a person. It's not it, really, guys, really. I know the camera's aimed up here, but it's not about the person up here. It's about the person, the Holy Spirit, that is behind here. <laughs> oh, wow. 
I'm so excited. First, before we begin, too, I'm, I'm just taking a little ec extra intro time. I just want to give a shout-out for all those guys that showed up yesterday to help with the cafe project and painting and all those guys, Michael and Carson and the whole gang, Dorian. And listen, let me tell you, Billy Payton showed up. Mr. Billy. Raise your hand, Mr. Billy. Now... Mr. Billy was so excited to be here yesterday that he showed up on Friday. <laughs> That's true, isn't it? I didn't make that up. He showed up here Friday and says, I'm ready to work. And I said, the rest of the guys aren't ready to work. <laughs> but it's so awesome to see people serving. All you guys that are serving in here and Kenny on the camera and Michael back there with his team and uh, for the children and, and people that are ministering to our children, what a blessing. So I want us to all give a big hand for everybody that's serving. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, guys. What do they say? The, the, the teamwork makes the dream work. And we're so excited about the dream working, but the team working. And, you know, God is assembling his team, and he will do his work. He who began a good work will complete it and perform it. But he uses everybody that's willing and available and obedient. And, and I'm just going to tell you that that's kind of the punchline of the message this morning. Um, we're talking about how to be selfless and how to be selfless is to serve. I mean, that big word, you can't talk about being selfless in, unless you talk about the word serve. And so today's uh, title is Faithful in Service. And if they put it up there on the, on the screen, you'll see how to get to it, lifeway.church forward slash 1-13-19. Everybody's in 2019, right? We didn't leave anybody in 2018, all right? Now we're going to turn over to Matthew, Matthew and the 23rd chapter of Matthew, and then we're going to pray. Make sure I did everything that I needed to do before we pray. All right. Everybody got your Bible? Physical Bible, digital Bible. We're so blessed to have so many ways that we can connect with God in the generation that we live in. Can you imagine Paul with a smartphone? <laughs> I just think I'll, I think I'll write a text to the church at Colossae. I'll just send them a text. Tell them to be encouraged. Lord, thank you so much for this day. This is the day that you've made. We are glad and we rejoice in it. And we thank you, Father, that we're called by your name and that you love us with an extravagant love. And you, you endeavor every day, every minute, every second to show us how much you love us. And your love overwhelms us. And Father, we thank you that you loved us so much you sent the Holy Spirit that he would open our ears and our eyes because you, would, you know that we're limited. In the state that we're in right now, we are limited. So the Holy Spirit explodes those limitations and takes those boundaries off when he speaks truth to us and leads us and guides us. He is the spirit of truth and he leads us and guides us into the truth of your word so that we change from the inside out. And so that we see what you want us to see so that we can be what you've made us to be, Lord. Selfless. Selfless. That we launch into this year, Father, with a reckless abandon to love people the way that you loved people. 
thank you for showing us and thank you for helping us and thank you for loving us and being patient with us. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Change is happening on the inside of us. I tell you, I'm uh, experiencing changes in me through this 21 days of prayer and fasting. And I encourage you, if you haven't started with us, you can jump in right now. You know, there's nothing uh, special or significant about the day that we start and the day that we end. But listen, a, a season of prayer and fasting is necessary for every individual and also for every church. And so that's why we practice this in January. It's a discipline that we practice. And, and then we practice it back in August, too, of every year. And so I, I invite you to, to pray and ask the Lord how he wants you to, to fast. You know, the things that you set aside that, that kind of keep us in a rut. Uh, somebody used the word rut this morning. Um, but we, when we set things aside, we are denying ourselves of those things that we think that we have to have. And if we'll turn our attention to Jesus and give him more attention than where we have been giving him, he'll, he'll download things to us that we need for this year. I'm telling you, he has been waiting and anticipating us to meet with him. You know, he, he, he always has a spot on his calendar for you. And he, he, he said, come boldly before the throne of grace, that you may obtain favor, help, help in time of need. Every time I find myself in a time of need, which is many times a day, I go into his throne for help. I say, help. I say, Lord, more grace. If Paul prayed for the church to have multiplied grace, I can say, thank you, Lord, for the multiplied grace. I need more today than I did yesterday. Is anybody with me? I'm preaching a message that is not in the notes here. Matthew 23, 11. Look at this scripture. Matthew 23, 11. Now, before I read that scripture, I need to tell you a story about my wife. Now, I didn't get her permission, but I've, always, I've, I've told this about her for many years. And so we first got married back in 1987. See, I'm, I'm, I'm still on good ground, 87. I, June the 6th of 87. And when we got married, I'm telling you, I didn't know what I got my hands hold. I didn't know what I took hold of. But for the first six months, I watched her. Just, I mean, we had just had this one little one-bedroom apartment. But I watched her the whole time we were married for the first six months. And I'm watching, and I'm watching, and I'm watching, and I'm watching. And I say, do you ever sit down? <laughs> and I ask her this question, do you ever stop Working. Wow, you amaze me at how much you work. And I can sit and watch you work for a long time. <laughs> She's always working. She's always doing. She's always busy. And so we've been married for 31 years now and nothing has changed about that situation. She's always doing. She's always working. She's always moving. And I'm talking with her mother that knows her longer than I've known her. And her mother and I ganged up talking that this was behind her back, but we had permission because we both love her dearly and we would give our life for her. And I agreed with her mother and her mother agreed with me that she is constantly working. She's constantly doing. She's constantly going. She's constantly moving. And so she's always doing, always working, 
And what is such an attribute? What are you always doing? If people around you described you with that term, you're always doing, what would they say you're always doing? You're always encouraging. Yeah, they're always complaining. They're always positive, always uplifting. Are you always griping? Are you always working? He's always working. She's always working. Are you always surfing Facebook and Instagram? He's always working out, getting healthy, eating right. They're always watching TV and just kicking their feet up, waiting for their disability check to come in. He's always sharing his faith. They're always telling the same old story. They're always helping people, helping people. Everywhere they go, they're helping people. Can't get them out of the store because they're always on aisle 15 helping the little lady in the buggy and she's in the motor buggy and she needs to get on something, uh, uh, shelf number four, right? They're always helping people or, or are they always talking about themselves? What are you always doing? What are you always doing? We live in the most self-centered, self-gratifying and selfish, self-promoting culture that has ever existed. Would you guys agree with that? All, and, and is it all due to the technology? Or has just the technology magnified it? But promoting yourself is... I, I, just go and Google it. This afternoon, just, just do a little fun exercise and go Google promote yourself. And you'll find article after article after article. And even website that will teach you how to promote yourself. And how to make money overnight. And the teenagers of, now this came from one article, this statistic came from an article about uh, YouTubing and how to become a uh, celebrity. But 54% of teenagers today say that their goal is to be a celebrity. And it has come as a result of this YouTube stardom. YouTube. Become a YouTube star. Have millions and millions and millions of followers on YouTube and possibly you too can make twenty million dollars a year just by being a YouTuber that is the highest paid YouTube star right now and I, I can't even say the guy's name so use your time to Google that and find out all about that but listen it is it is uh, rampant in our society today even so much so that the Urban Dictionary has this term called goat. Anybody know what goat means? I want to be a goat. Goat is greatest of all time. Greatest of all time. So when, when a young person says, I want to be a goat, they're not talking about eating grass and <laughs> No. It's they want to be the greatest of all time, right? And so this... this Society that we're living in, the culture that we're in right now, self-promotion is being taught as a skill. And it's so contradictory to what Jesus says here in Matthew chapter 23 and verse 11. Jesus said, if you want to follow me, you don't promote yourself. He said, first you must deny yourself. 
and then pick up your own cross. In other words, you're, you're dying to your own selfish nature, nature, and then you follow me. And Jesus said, if you want to be great, you don't self-promote. Here in verse 23 of Matthew, or verse 11 of chapter 23, he says, the greatest among you, the greatest among you will, will be your servant. So let's say that together. The greatest among you will be your servant. Say it all together. The greatest among you will be your servant. The greatest among you. Greatest of all time. <laughs> it's not going to be self-promoting. It's going to be a servant of all. I'm a servant of the Most High God. And when I serve others, I'm serving Christ. I'm a servant of the Most High God. And when I'm serving others, I'm serving Christ. Let's say that together. I'm a servant of the Most High God. And when I serve others, I'm serving Christ. Say it one more time. I'm a servant of the Most High God. When I serve others, I'm serving Christ. That's what Jesus taught. And it's so contradictory to the world that we're living in that we need to be taught, especially at the first of the year, how to be selfless. How to move the ish out of the way and be selfless. So what are you, what are you always doing? If you look at chapter uh, 9 of Acts, Acts 9, we'll find this woman that was selfless. In Acts chapter 9... In verse 36, it says, In Joppa, there was a disciple. She was a disciple named Tabitha. And in, her, in Greek, her name is Dorcas. How would you like to have a name like Dorcas? What's your name? I'm Dorcas. <laughs> she was, what, always doing good and helping the poor. Always doing good and helping the poor. We'll keep reading. About that time, she became sick and died, and her body was washed and placed in the upstairs room. Lydda was near Joppa. So when the disciples heard that Peter was in Lydda, they sent two men to him and urged him, Please come at once. Peter went with them, and when he arrived, he was taken upstairs to the room, and all the widows standing stood with him, around him, crying and showing him the robes and the other clothing, clothing that Dorcas had made while she was still with them. That's a testimony. Those ladies had been touched by the ministry of clothes making, of Dorcas. Look what she made me. Oh, she's dead. I won't get any more clothes. <laughs> no. But they minister, she ministered to them. And it moved them so much that they were in sorrow because she had died. But Peter, filled with power, came on the scene. Look at this. Verse 40. Peter sent them all out of the room. He got down on his knees and prayed, turning toward the dead woman. He said, Tabitha, get up. She opened her eyes and seeing Peter, she sat up. She took her, he took her by the hand, helped her to her feet. Then he called for the believers, especially the widows, and presented the, uh, her to them alive. And this became known all over Joppa, and many people believed in the Lord. Peter stayed in Joppa for some, some time with a tanner named Simon. 
So look from just one woman named Dorcas who was always serving. Look what happened in her life. She was always serving. What are we always doing? What would others say that we're always doing? This Dorcas was the first Greek female that was mentioned in the New Testament. Instead of serving herself, she was serving others. Sounds like the same scripture in Acts 10.38 where Jesus was doing good and healing all. But healing is doing good, but doing good and healing are, can be two different things, right? Doing good is doing good, and we're told to do good. And doing good means to serve, and we're told to serve. And so serving is doing good, but it brings glory to God, and it blesses people. And God's called us to be faithful servants who are blessing other people, who have our eyes fixed on other people. So how do we come, become this faithful servant? I can think of three examples from Scripture that are very vivid about how to be a faithful servant. Number one, bring a lunch. Number two, offer a ride. Number three, carry a towel. And I'm, I'm going to go through each one of these. But number one, first, bring a lunch. We think of King David as a war hero, as the king, the most outstanding king of Israel, right? David, the fighter. David, the man who beheaded Goliath. David, the man after God's own heart. David, the one who writes songs to the Lord and worships the Lord and slays the bear and the lion and... He rose to notoriety to the place after he killed Goliath that the women were writing songs about him. David, David, David. But why was David so great? Most people think that David was so great because he won the battle. But really, David became great because he carried a basket. He was a basket carrier. He was a servant of the Most High God. Look in verse 17 and 18 of 1 Samuel chapter 17. 1 Samuel 17. David's brothers were out on the battlefield there in the account of Goliath. And Goliath is lashing out with his words at the whole army of Israel. And David's father asked him to do something. David was not on the battlefield but David was asked to participate by his father. One day Jesse, his father, said to David, this is verse 17, take this basket. You need to underline those words. Take this basket of roasted grain and these ten loaves of bread and carry them quickly to your brothers. See how your brothers are getting along and bring back a report on how they're doing. So this one act of servitude that was initiated by David's father because David was a servant and he was obedient. And he understood about respect that he did the right thing. And what 
was just bringing the basket, carrying the basket and bringing the lunch, turned in to a victory for Israel and a promotion for this young man named David. So he became great, but he was great because he brought the basket. He carried the lunch. He showed up. Can God use us to faithfully serve? What are we always doing? Number two, offering a ride. Offering a ride. So Zechariah, the prophet, 553 years before Jesus is on the earth, prophesies about this donkey who carries the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords into Jerusalem. Zechariah prophesies. And then one day Jesus comes and preparing to go into Jerusalem has need of something to carry him to that place in Jerusalem. Jesus is with his disciples and he tells his disciples here in Luke chapter 19. Jesus says, go to this certain place Ask the owner of this donkey. There'll be a colt there, donkey, unused. Ask the owner, in verse 31 of Luke 19, Jesus says, if anybody asks you why you are untying the donkey, say this, the Lord needs it. So here's this owner of the donkey Probably asking, why, why are you taking my donkey? In this scenario, in this account, where Jesus asked his disciples to get the donkey and tell the owner that the Lord has need of it. I see, I see three people serving, at least three groups of people serving. There's the disciples who had to obey the instruction of Jesus to go find the donkey. Then there's the donkey, <laughs> who, I mean, he could have chewed the rope and ran off. He could have kicked them, knocked them all down and took off. And then there's the owner of the donkey. Faithful servants. Somebody needs a ride. Offer a ride. The donkey was available. Are you available? The disciples were obedient. Are you obedient? And the owner, you know, this was a donkey that was probably, uh, I don't know, you know, every time you had a new donkey, you had this thought of this one's going to be the, the one to out that lasts the longest, that's the strongest, that's, you know, this is going to be the, my prized donkey. And he had to sacrifice that donkey. If the Lord has need of it, yes, by all means, take my unused donkey. <laughs> Offer a ride. Bring a lunch. Then the third one, carry a towel. Carry a towel. Can you bring a lunch? Can you take the basket? Can you offer a ride? 
Can you obey and sacrifice and be available? And then can you carry a towel? There's a time where Jesus and his disciples were together. Jesus was preparing for the end. He was teaching his disciples. But Jesus wasn't just a teacher. He was a mentor. And there's a difference. It's easy to say something, but to back it up and do it with actions is the test of whether you really know and believe what you say you know and believe. Jesus was a leader, and he led these men right up to the gate of hell and asked three of them to come with him. Would you pray with me? An hour. Could you just pray with me an hour? So Jesus was preparing them just before Passover on a Thursday night. They were having this secret meeting in the upper room where he was giving them information that they would need. Jesus knew he was about to give his life. And an argument spins up. Who's going to be the best? I mean, this happened on Jesus' team. He'd been working with these guys for three years. So you leaders out there, don't get frustrated if you see a little bit of strife spinning up. There's always arguments about who's going to be the best and who's going to take over and who's going to sit at the right hand. And, right? And so John the Beloved, you can imagine John the Beloved, he, always, you know, he wrote about himself in the second person a lot of times, the disciple whom Jesus loved. John is probably, yeah, I'm going to be this... The guy who fills in the gap here after Jesus leaves the scene. And Peter's probably, no, no, wait a minute. All you guys were sitting in the boat when Jesus was walking on the water. I'm the one that should take this after Jesus leaves. And then Bartholomew says, you know, wait, guys, what about me? And they, they all look at Bartholomew and say, uh, nobody's going to even remember that you were a disciple. <laughs> hey, sit down. But you can imagine what happened that night when Jesus had to even address one that betrayed him when really they should have been ministering to him but he takes the towel from himself he had already prepared he was already prepared and he took the towel from himself and look in John chapter 13 verses 4 and 5 this is where carrying the towel comes in John 13, 4 says, so Jesus got up. He got up. He initiated what he was about to do. He got up from the meal. He took out, off his outer clothing, and he wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet. And this really didn't happen much in that day, especially in this particular situation. Um, you know, if you were hosting someone in your house, like we do today, if somebody comes to your house, you say, could I take your coat from you? Could I offer you a bottle of water? Could I get something for you? But Jesus is here just after this thought came up, who's going to be the best? Who's going to be the goat? Right? The greatest of all time. I'm better than you are. Jesus likes me better than you. 
And Jesus gets down and washes every one of their feet to show them how to be a servant and how to love and how to be faithful to the end, how to carry a towel. The greatest among you will be your servant. Matthew 23, 11. Look in Matthew chapter 25. Matthew 25. Jesus said this. Verse 31, Matthew 25. When the Son of Man comes in His glory, all the angels with Him. He will sit on His glorious throne and all the nations will be gathered before Him and He will separate the people one from another. As a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats, He will put the sheep on His right and the goats on His left. Then the King will say to those on His right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father. Take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. And then the righteous will answer to him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? And the king will reply, Truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. And so here's Jesus doing for the very least the one that betrayed him the one he knew was going to betray him. The King of kings, the Lord of lords, the eternal God, the Word made flesh, our righteousness, our sanctification, our healer. <laughs> Who sits on a throne right at this very moment, bowed down, took the towel, and washed their feet. And he's called us, he's called us to be faithful servants, to be selfless, to deny ourselves, to take up our cross and to follow him. And he even said that when we do something, some good that we do for someone that can't do for themselves, we're doing it not for that person but for God. How do we become more selfless in 2019? We choose to humble ourselves. We choose to serve others as we would serve Jesus. Because when we're serving others, we're serving Christ. When we're serving others, we're serving Jesus. And Jesus thought that it was so powerful to serve others that he did it just before he gave his life. God is all about serving. 
So I want to ask you a question. What little things do you consider to be beneath you? What little things do you do each day that God may view as great? Think about that. This year, how can we focus on serving? Where can we serve? Are we looking for places to serve? Or do we say, I'm booked, I'm filled? Don't have any time, not even for myself. Serving. What do we want to be known for do, always doing? Always doing. They're always there. What, a, what an indictment to always be serving, always be giving, always be loving. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for helping us to see things the way that you do and placing a value on service. Father, I, I, I thank you. Before everyone here, I thank you for the ways that people serve in this church that nobody ever sees. No one will ever see some of the ways that some people serve, the phone calls that are made, the ways that people reach out to others, in our church and publicly I want to say thank you Father and I want to tell them thank you as much as I know as much as I can I thank you Father that we are a church that is learning how to serve we're not there yet but we're learning Lord show us this year show us how to serve one another how to love one another how to serve others as we serve Christ that we see Jesus in the face of other people. Thanks for listening to the Lifeway Church Podcast. If you'd like to join us in reaching others by partnering with us today, you can give online by visiting us on our website at lifeway.church forward slash give. Thanks for listening to the Lifeway Church Podcast and remember to subscribe to enjoy more messages like this.